Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 41. I'm recording it on Tuesday, September 1st, 2020 at about 1.50 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'd like to continue with this, this positive perspective of, of, of overcoming pandemics and, and, and ending factory farming, uh, the farming of animals to do this. Um, because I, I think it's necessary to create a kind of a vision of the, the wonderful world we can create as we do this. But before that, I just feel the need to, to return to uh, the issue of morality. You know, I mean, like, how, how can we, uh, how have we been for, for several decades now just uh, participating in this, this food system that's far more cruel than slavery, that's crueler than the Holocaust, that is unprecedented in, in the, 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 the degree, the amount of, of suffering, extreme suffering we, we um, inflict upon over 70 billion land animals every year. I mean, that's, that's not easy to make sense of. Um, and, um, you know, I, I've talked before about this idea of denial, that, you know, in psychology, when we're faced with something about ourselves that, um, that goes against how we want to see ourselves. Let's say we're in a marriage, you know, and, and um, our spouse um, suggests we're not as um, considerate, as kind, as caring, whatever, as, as we like to believe we are. Well, we, we kind of, in, in circumstances like that, we'll often kind of like go into a denial. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with excuses. We'll, you know, for example, like, we might say, well, you know, this, um, my spouse really, her, in my case, whatever, um, I mean, I'm not married, but, um, you know, the spouse would, um, her, her standards are too high, unreasonably high, or, 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 you know, I really am kind, but I don't express it, you know, in, in the best of ways, or, or another, another strategy that we, um, that we use is we, we focus not on our own um, failings, misgivings, uh, limitations in morality, but then we, we go on the attack. You know, well, you know, yes, I, I may not be su such and such, but, you know, but on the other hand, you are, you know, this is what, you know, this is where you fall short of, of, of moral standards. So we kind of like resort to, to counterattack sometimes. Uh, so these are, but, but we generally have these strategies. Now, in the case of animals, it's difficult to, to, to understand, you know, what we're doing that, that allows us to, to continue again. And then basically what we're doing is we're saving about three quarters of the price of our meat, dairy, and eggs. I, I believe that's, that's what the difference is between if we were to grow these, these, you know, animal products humanely and, and the factory farming. Um, and so in order to pay a bit less for our food, 
we, um, we participate. Um, again, not me. I, I've been a vegan for over 15 years, but those of you who eat meat and fish and dairy that come from animals, you know, you, you've been participating in this, um, this, this horrible cruelty for, for decades. Now, yes, I, I can understand that, um, that many years ago, um, maybe as far back as World War II, the, the mid-40s, that we didn't have the science uh, we have now to understand that, um, that we really don't need, you know, some, some people, one of the defenses that people use, and it, it's really a straw man argument, you know, because like, people will say, well, like, I need to eat meat, you know, fish and dairy. That's, that's an excuse for not going vegan, but that's not an excuse for, for not paying, you know, what, what you might to ensure that the, the, the animals that you eat, you know, are treated um, kindly when they're alive. But, um, but back in the 40s, you know, um, 50s, 60s, perhaps, you know, our science hasn't, hadn't advanced. I mean, it might have actually been, you know, we, we might have had even at that time all the knowledge, scientific knowledge that we needed to understand that we do not need to eat meat, that, that there are many, many people on the planet who are vegan. And, and I would suspect that in, in many cases, we are healthier than the, uh, than the, average, uh, than the average person. Um, and again, you know, um, athletes like the um, Williams sisters, Selena and, uh, I forget what her other name, um, Anyway, they're, they're, you know, these are tennis champions. They're both vegans. They're, 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 they're a good number of vegan athletes, you know, weightlifters and all that, that demonstrate, no, you do not need um, um, meat and, and, and fish and dairy to, uh, to be healthy and thrive and do whatever you need to do. So, so you know, what, what is it? What, you know, what compels people to, uh, to ignore this suffering? And, you know, I... I'm, I'm not just addressing the 80, 90, 90% of, of people here in the United States who believe in God or a higher power. Okay, I mean, like, if one believes in God or a higher power, this might be easier to, um, to understand because, you know, the Bible, you know, Christianity, Judaism is really about morality. You know, the, the Torah and Judaism, it's about how to live a, a righteous life, uh, um, a good life, being a good person, you know, and, and, and how by doing that, we, um, we earn the, the, the reward of, of happiness, of, of, of living a good life, of enjoying our lives. Um, so, you know, in, in, in religion, it's, it's very clear. God tells us to be kind to animals. We're allowed to eat animals. We're not allowed to afflict animals. So, but for the rest of the population, the other 10% who is atheist, agnostic, whatever, you should understand this. I mean, this is, this is no different for, for an atheist. I mean, you understand how horribly these animals have been treated uh, you, you access the same news and the same videos. You, you see the same occasional 
commercials on TV by PETA and other animal rights organizations. So yeah, I guess this episode, I may not get to, to this brighter, you know, future world that we can uh, create this episode uh, because, you know, this, it just may be more important to, to delve into this, um, trying to understand how we collectively can be so cruel. Um, you know, because sometimes it's with circumstances like this, it's either a matter of intelligence or morality or both. And I tend to believe, well, they are related, I think, to a certain extent. I think, well, actually, I should do some research. I, I wonder if, like, the more intelligent a person is, let's say, relative, you know, measured by IQ or whatever, the, the more likely they are to be vegan. That's an interesting um, speculation. But my point here is that this is not difficult to understand. Those animals are suffering. Again, a few examples. You have thousands of chickens in, in an airplane hangar-sized shed with, with very poor ventilation for about seven weeks crammed together, and that place is not cleaned for seven weeks, meaning that they are living in their urine and feces for the entire time. And uh, they develop um, illnesses because of that. And, and, and chickens are, you know, about 99% of the, the animals we farm are chickens. And 99% of our animal farms are factory farms. So this is mainly about chickens. And, and they, they really have complex social lives. They, they, they have emotions. They feel. You know, um, I, should, I should do an episode on that, just uh, presenting the ep uh, evidence on that. But another example of how chickens suffer is they're cramped into cages, let's say four or five at a time. And these cages are so small that the chickens don't have enough room to spread their wings. You know, that's how cramped they are. And they'll live there for months. Uh, these are egg-laying chickens. They can live there for several years, actually. And, um, and beyond that, they're stacked one on top of the other. So there may be, let's say, three, four rows stacked vertically, and, and the chickens on top are urinating and defecating on the chickens below them. You know, this is like, this is unconscionably um, horrible. Imagine living your life like that for months at a time. Uh, that's why I sometimes compare, you know, like this is worse than, than the Holocaust and slavery, because if you were given the choice between being, you know, in a concentration camp or being a slave or being an, an animal, a chicken in one of these farms, I guarantee you would choose the former. You know, so, so we need to, we need to understand this. We need how, what, what are we saying to ourselves that justifies this this travesty, this, this tragedy, this, this unconscionable way of being. I've got to, you know, at, at that point, at this point, I, I have to just um, interject that, yes, no, I don't blame us. 
you know, you were born into this world and this is the way the world is. And you're, you know, from a very early age, you were taught not to question this. You're, you're taught to assume, oh, it must be all right because everyone's doing it. Um, so don't blame yourself. Um, and the same situation must have ha happened with slavery, you know, for, for the many decades uh, before it was abolished. But, but understand, understand the nature of our lives, the moral nature of our lives here on this planet. Yes, we may not, what we do may not be up to us. You know, it's up to how we were raised, our genes, you know, nature, nurture. Uh, but notwithstanding, nevertheless, we are rewarded and punished for what we do and don't do. And it seems our reward and punishment is commensurate with the degree of goodness and, and evil that we commit. And so when, when we uh, find ourselves amidst this pandemic, you know, we should be thankful that it's not far worse because relative to what we're doing to those animals, there could be a strong argument in favor of it being far worse. And this isn't just an idle threat. This is actually what, what God, what nature is telling us. Because as we progress year after year and decade after decade, we're increasingly threatened with climate change. That um, one effect, for example, of climate change, the sea levels will rise throughout the world. And the problem for human civilization is that about 80% of human civilization is concentrated on the shores of our continents, you know, on shorelines. Our cities, I mean, New York City is a perfect example. And uh, perhaps as, as soon as 2050, some of those cities, many of those cities perhaps, may need to be ab abandoned because it's not just the, the sea level rise, it's the, the increase in the intensity of, of storms, hurricanes, tropical storms. And you know, sometimes you hear that. Um, that it's not the frequency of these storms that climate change is, is amplifying, it's the intensity, but it's actually both. Because what happens is when, for example, a tropical, tropical storm intensifies into, let's say, category one or two hurricane, that's an intensification, but that means that you're having more hurricanes than would otherwise have been tropical storms, or you're having more tropical storms that would otherwise have been just you know, high winds or just like a, an ordinary kind of um, a rainfall. So, but my point here is that God is losing his patience with us. Nature is losing his patience with us. Don't think that human civilization has not been extincted before. We had an ice age 10,000 years ago and very few humans survived it. Um, you know, more recently we had World War II, World War I, uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 that killed 50 to 100 million people. I mean, so far, this coronavirus has not killed a million people yet. And um, 
at least I don't believe so. Um, but uh, it's just just consider that it can get a lot worse. So if 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 you're not considering helping a sh shift from factory farming to to either going vegan, which would be the ideal, but very few people I believe would would do that out of ignorance. I think. Um, but now I think people like their food. But either we we go vegan or we really fast track the the uh, research and development of cellular agriculture really uh pump 50 billion dollars into this industry uh as soon as biden gets elected next year and uh you know if if, if we refuse to do these things if we refuse to do these things then you know what do we expect i mean we know this you know we apply this kind of understanding to other people in other words like we hear of a person who's let's say robbing banks or, or assaulting people we generally understand that it's a matter of time before they get caught you know this idea that crime doesn't pay you know the, the wheels of grind of justice grind slowly but they grind exceedingly thin and there is an accounting and sometimes people believe that they have gotten away with something um, because they don't make the connections. Uh, for example, the number one cause of death here in the United States is heart disease. The number one cause of heart disease is meat consumption. So people are eating a lot of steak, you know, with the saturated fat and cholesterol, and that is just like hardening their arteries. It's creating heart disease and it's killing them. And they may understand that, yes, they develop the condition from their eating meat, but apparently they don't sufficiently understand that that illness that often kills them and sometimes debilitates people is punishment. It's punishment directly from God. That's, you know, ordinarily when we're lucky, when we're lucky, God will associate very clearly for us the punishment with our transgression. And this pandemic is a perfect example. We have been cruelly abusing, torturing animals, over 70 billion again a year, for decades. And it's not an accident. It's, it's not a coincidence that this COVID-19 is a zoonotic disease that came from animals you know it's god's trying to get us to 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 add one and one and and you know, and, and, you know understand uh, connect the dots you know you we are being punished in this way because of our treatment of animals so but again i, I you know i should devote more many more episodes to 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 trying to figure this out what what is it that we're not understanding you know many of us many of us have the uh, especially the rich let's go to people who are really comfortable well off who can easily afford to to seek and and buy meat fish dairy and eggs from farms that that um that treat their animals really well. Now, even those farms pose a, a risk to pandemics, but it would be a, a vast improvement over 
the, the meat and fish and dairy we buy that's produced in factory farms. So these very rich people have really had no excuse to not seek these products out. That's the reality. They could easily afford them. And if they did, what would happen, and maybe this should be an appeal to the rich, to people who have more than enough money to be able to afford this, if you would uh, start seeking out and, 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 and buying only meat and fish and dairy and eggs that are, and, and you have to be, you know, this, this is something that's not easy because like, um, it's not easy to find this information, but this, so this really requires a collective effort. But if, if, if rich people would do that or people who can afford to buy kindly raised animal products for food, then two things would happen. One is the, the price of these foods would come down because there'd be more of a demand. Um, which means maybe that the price of the other kind of meat that we buy in factory farms may go up, which would be a, you know, a benefit in, in, in terms of encouraging this, um, this transition from, away from that food. But the other thing I think that would happen is that as the rich people abandon factory farmed food products, then other people would take notice. It would be reported in the news, in the media, politicians would talk about it. I mean, the rich are leaders in our world in, in many ways. And unfortunately, the rich have not been um, leading with responsibility. Uh, and this is for decades. Uh, just the simple fact that we continue to ignore climate change is, is, uh, is more than ample evidence. It's because rich corporations, rich individuals prevent us from doing this. You know, they essentially bought our politics, bought our governments. So our governments allow them to spend as much as they want to, to, uh, to have the government enact their will, not the will of the people, not the will of, of the welfare of the people. That's a major problem. But um, so in a certain sense, this, this actual moral representation reformation may really need to start with the rich. People who are, um, again, more than wealthy enough to be able to afford to buy meat that they understand is um, the animals are treated well. So, but, but, you know, that's, it's not just the rich. I mean, even if, if, if people you know, we're continuing to eat this meat and fish and dairy and eggs that come from these farms. At the very least, there should be a movement. You know, there, there is an animal rights movement, but you know, again, I, I mentioned on previous episode that, that the, the, the second most hated people, you know, according to this poll on the planet are vegans. That, that tells you everything you need to know about the evil of most people, the, the people, you know, anyone who hates a vegan, you know, that's vile. You know, a vegan who sacrifices, that's kind of like hating a doctor, you know, like hating the most virtuous among us. And, and, and only a vile person can do that. You know, that it's making them feel bad. It's making them confront their evil. 
And so their response is not to reform themselves. Their response is to kill the messenger, to, to just, you know, to counterattack or just like, you know, rather than, and, and you know, the, the, we vegans, people who care about animals, we're, we're doing you, we're doing, those of you who eat meat and fish and dairy, we're doing you a huge service. We're, we're, we're helping you become better people so you can raise better kids. We've got about less than four minutes. And so let's talk about kids. Let's talk about your grandchildren. You know, your grandchildren, as this continues, um, more and more pandemics each year, more antibacterial resistance each year, because 80% of the antibiotics we use here in the United States go to these factory farms to, to, to counterbalance the, the amazingly unsanitary conditions. You know, these grand, if, if, if you have uh, children, let's say, who are, are 10, 10 to 20 today, by the time they're 30, 40, 50, 60, you're, you're giving them a living hell. That, that's what you're doing. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're basically between climate change and this, you're creating a scenario for them that it would be reasonable that many of them would rather not be alive than live in the kind of world you're bestowing upon them, you're leaving for them. So if, if, if you don't have enough concern for yourself, for your friends, for people, you know, the adults in your life, you know, at the very least you should have appropriate concern for your grandchildren. And again, your grandchildren are gonna to have to face this climate change that we've been ignoring for decades. It's not like they, they don't have enough that they have to deal with. So, but, but how, you know, again, I, you know, feel, feel your complicity in this. Feel your guilt, don't suffer your guilt, okay? If, if, this, if this message is reaching you, don't feel bad about it. Feel, feel motivated to make the change. Feel motivated to look into veganism. Feel motivated to, to, to explore cellular agriculture, clean meat, and, and, and to talk to your friends, and, and if you know any politicians, to get them to, to, um, to begin talking about this. You know, take action, take positive action, and feel good about that. This isn't about, you know, I'm not saying these things, this series isn't about trying to make you feel bad. This series is about trying to help you understand the bad that we've been involved in for decades so we can end it so we stop being punished, so we can emerge from this coronavirus, which, and it may, you know, in, in God's eyes, it may take our collective resolve to end factory farming before God will allow us, you know, to resume our, our lives again without masks and distancing. That may be what's on his mind. So, all right, I, I, I think this, we really need to continue um, delving into the morality because that's it's the heart of it. And yes, I'll continue to paint a, a wonderful picture of the world we, we can create when we do this, but, but this is important that we stay on this. All right, so again, watch this every Monday through Friday on White Plains Community Media Channel 76 Optimum 45 Verizon in surrounding communities if you get Verizon on YouTube and as an audio podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and various other um, platforms. And again, do the research, you know, Google pandemics, factory farming, both terms, cellular agriculture, understand 
why this is happening to us, this COVID-19. And, and God willing, we'll, we'll make progress. All right. Um, thanks for watching. I'll see you tomorrow.